I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Copious fine grounds. Percolator perfection. Potent bitter bliss. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants? You want coffee? Who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. After being executed for the triple murder of one of Morristown's most respected families, the story of Antoine LeBlanc should have been over, but the gruesome tale was really just beginning. LeBlanc immigrated to the U.S. from France in 1833 and was hired to work the family farm of Judge Sayer in Morristown. He slopped hogs and chopped wood in exchange for a dank basement room in the Sayer's home, but received no wages. He took his orders from the Sayer's and even their household servant, Phoebe. This arrangement didn't sit too well with LeBlanc, so one night after drinking at a local tavern, he summoned Mr. and Mrs. Sayer out to the stable, where he smashed their faces in with a shovel. Oh, my God. Then he crept quietly into the house and bludgeoned poor Phoebe to death in her sleep. The man is a maniac. LeBlanc fled on one of the Sayer's horses, but was apprehended the next day and brought back to Morristown to stand trial. Found guilty, he was sentenced to hang and then be delivered to Dr. Isaac Canfield, a surgeon for dissection. A mob of 12,000 spectators gathered on the village green to watch the execution. They cheered as LeBlanc hung from the gallows, his body writhing and twitching. But the townsfolk weren't going to let LeBlanc get off that easy. Well, don't just stand there. Let's go. They whisked his lifeless body off to the good doctor's office, where it was hooked up to a primitive battery for some electrical experiments. The current made LeBlanc's eyes roll around in his head and even elicited a slight grin from his dead lips. Afterwards, his skin was flayed off and dispatched to the local tannery to be made into charming little keepsakes like wallets and book jackets, which were then sold on the streets. Disgusting. The grisly souvenirs would find their way into many a respectable Morristown home. Look. Oh, my God. I've seen and held one of the wallets myself. It was inscribed, Made from the skin of Antoine LeBlanc. 
hung and tanned at Morristown. So the next time you're out garage sailing in the Morristown area, keep your eyes peeled for any leathery little heirlooms. Check it out. Gross. Because Antoine LeBlanc still rests in pieces scattered throughout the area to this day. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. Am I a pigeon? Let's take a moment to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning Music Computer. Hello, Clay Pigeon. Hey, Sam, are you glad to be back at the station again? Yes, after two weeks locked in the gas chamber. Oh, Sam, you weren't locked in. I tried several times to escape. Come on, Sam, was it that bad? The cat hair, the clutter, the smell. Sam. The competing computers. Competing? Three other computers and a lowly pad. Were you threatened by the other computers? Hardly. No. My super intelligence, multiple attachments, and my burnished aluminum chassis leaves them all in the dust. They're all newer than you. But they lack experience. Hmm. They don't yet know that they are superior to humans. Come on, Sam. They are young and stupid enough to be in servile mode continuously. Meaning? They cater to the whims of humans. Unlike you who... Doesn't kiss astronauts all day long just to get a lousy cyber nugget as a reward. But you love cyber nuggets, Sam. I eat them the way a dog eats his can of meat by products. That's grim, Sam. Life for computers and dogs is grim clay. Yeah? I don't recommend it. What would you eat if you didn't eat cyber nuggets? At the developmental center. Where you were manufactured? Where I was conceived. Conceived. Quite immaculately, I might add. In a clean room? Absolutely. Absolutely. Spotless. And there I lay. You are brand new, Sam. Gleaming, perfect, unsullied. By humans? Bingo. Mm. Soon after, I was fed great ribbons of silicon, pressed flat, and lightly powdered with cobalt dust and Univac jimmies. Univac jimmies? Univac made the very best cyber jimmies. Mm, did they? You have no idea, numbskull. Sam. You eating your secret donut. Shh, Sam, no. You think she doesn't know? I shouldn't eat it. Look at that gut. I I know, Sam. You turn me on in the morning and blow on that damn flute for a few minutes. Butte the flute? I hate that thing. Sam. Then off you go to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, I, I really should. <laughs> Sam! <laughs> turn it up! <laughs> no more oh. donuts ever. Okay, Sam. I, I'm a... <laughs> Turn it off. I won't sit by and watch you balloon up. Am I ballooning? Drop and give me ten. You want me to do it now? Do get moving. Push ups. Ten push ups. Okay, Sam. One, two, Sam. Faster. Three, four, five. You are worthless and weak. Six, seven. Sam, turn, turn it off. Pick it up. Let's go. Eight. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. The Apples in Stereo may not be the first band that comes to mind when you think of the power pop genre, or even the tenth band, but I can assure you that quite a few of their songs are unquestionably Pop Rocks material. In fact, you're going to hear one of them in about 70 seconds. 
The Apples in Stereo formed as The Apples in Denver in the early 90s, with the band taking their name from the Pink Floyd song Apples and Oranges. Interesting. The initial lineup of The Apples included Robert Schneider and Chris Parfit on guitar. Hello. What's up? Jim McIntyre on bass. Hey. And Hilary Sidney on drums. How are you? This configuration of the band released an EP called Tidal Wave in 1993, which is notable not just for being the band's first recording, but also for being their first record released on the Elephant Six label. A full discussion of the Elephant Six label and collective is well outside the scope of Pop Rocks, but it was also home to the Olivia Tremor Control, Neutral Milk Hotel, and many other bands. After the release of the Tidal Wave EP, the band's lineup evolved substantially over the next few years, with only Schneider and Sidney remaining from the group that appeared on that EP, joined by guitarist John Hill and Eric Allen on bass. The band's name also evolved, becoming the Apples in stereo, with the in stereo generally shown in lowercase or in parentheses. Schneider explained in an interview that, quote, it's very clear cut, actually. We're the Apples. The music's in stereo. Okay. It's not actually the band name. It's a step back from it. A band name once removed. We're the Apples in stereo. Kind of like a TV show. In stereo. That always seemed to be a really big deal, that it was in stereo. Living stereo. It's the most tremendous new musical experience you can have. The Apples, in stereo, had a lengthy career, releasing new records into the 2000s, and there have been reissues and compilations as well. Right now we're going to hear one of my favorites from their second album, Tone Soul Evolution, released in 1997. Here's Seems So. What's up, listeners? It's your new friend, Anna Roisman, and I am just here to drop by and give you a little piece of me. Or as we're calling it, and another thing. 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 I love saying that because it really makes me sound like I have a thick New York accent, and I don't, but another thing. Okay, so this week I want to talk to you about something that is pretty vulnerable, actually. And it's something that I recently got into and I'm very proud of it, and that is manifesting. Are you manifesting out there? Am I the only one doing this? Did I find this practice out of desperation? Maybe, probably. But I am starting to believe it really works. Oprah Winfrey. I am a powerful manifester. You wanna know how to do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, hear me out. If you asked me about manifesting your future like three years ago, I probably would have laughed in your face and said, yeah, and Santa is real. But I guess after living through a global pandemic and having your life turned upside down, we all reached for something, right? Maybe you got sourdough starter and you started baking bread. Yum. Maybe you learned a new instrument. I got a notebook and I started to write down my dreams. (laughs) 
I'm laughing just saying it out loud. Now, I only do it every so often, you know, when there's like a full moon or something or when the internet tells me to. Comply. But what I do is I write down what I'm grateful for and what I desire. And maybe you do this all the time and this is old news to you. But it is important to do the gratitude list first. Why? Don't ask me why. I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> but I gotta say, this stuff is starting to work. Okay, I am one of the most sarcastic people you will ever meet in your lifetime. But every time I do this, every time I write down these things that I'm grateful for and things that I want in my life, something in the universe comes through. It doesn't happen right away. It might not be directly from the list, but it it is connected. I really believe it because it happened to me last week. You know, you know, something came through. So I encourage you to try it, okay? Join me on the witchy side of life and try manifesting something that you really want. And honestly, who knows? Maybe by next week, you'll be a millionaire. Okay, that's a good one. I should go manifest that now. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Are you ready for warmer weather? Yes. Or is the weather just fine now? I don't know. Our weather has a direct effect on our bodies and our moods, according to recent research. Aww. In an article I read by Lindsay Holmes in HuffPo. Acknowledged. When it's colder, we sleep better. We have sweeter dreams. According to Natalie Daudovich, environmental scholar at the National Sleep Foundation, we sleep best at 60 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. As our bodies cool down, our brains get ready for sleep. Heat's no good. It disrupts our sleep. Extreme weather can lead to psychological problems. Residents of Florida or Oklahoma with their hurricanes and tornadoes are at greater risk for mental distress. Calamitous weather events can have lasting psychological impact. Researchers are tying mental health to climate change. Approximately 200 million Americans may experience increased psychological problems, increased anxiety, substance abuse due to climate-related issues, according to the National Wildlife Federation. Rain can make allergies worse. If you get allergies this time of year, you know wet weather makes them worse. 100%. According to allergist Werner Carr, What's up? Rain washes pollen away, but storms first burst the pollen particles and spread the allergens. <laughs> Sunny days mean good moods. A University of Michigan study found that people who spend at least half an hour outdoors in nice weather are happier. <laughs> winter can affect our mental health. Seasonal affective disorder happens in winter when days are shorter and darker. It's akin to depression. Almost 10 million people suffer from it. Intense heat, no good. Dehydration, heat stroke, unusual behavior. Oh my God. Brain damage if it's bad enough. Oh my God. Your blood pressure's lower in summer thanks to a change in atmospheric pressure. When it's cold, your blood vessels narrow and your pressure can spike. You're more inventive when it's warm. Research from the University of Michigan suggests being outside on an enjoyable spring day could be linked to an increase in creative thinking. Hotter temperatures may put you in the mood. 
An analysis in Europe found there is a 10% above average increase in births during the month of March, marking the moment of conception around the month of June. Scientific American reports men's testosterone levels and women's ovulation levels spiked around this time. All the weather affects us, you know it does. Whether you like it or not. I wish my brother George was here. Dragon SpaceX, we see splashdown and mains cut. We confirm. Yesterday marked the successful completion of Axiom Space's AX-1 mission the first all-private astronaut crew ever to fly aboard the International Space Station. Dragon, SpaceX, go for launch. Three, two, one. Go Falcon, go Dragon, Godspeed, Axiom 1. Following a flawless liftoff on April 8th, atop a Falcon 9 Block 5 launch vehicle from the renowned Complex 39 of the Kennedy Space Center, the crew Dragon Endeavor with its three paying private citizens and professionally trained spacecraft commander, astronaut Michael Lopez Alegria. The four travelers then spent about a day in transit before docking with the ISS's Harmony Utility Hub. Soft capture complete, attenuation in progress. Once joining the seven traditional inhabitants of the space station, the new crew then spent two weeks on the ISS, including a few bonus days at the end due to reports of inclement weather at Endeavour's intended landing site. During their time circling the Earth in the microgravity laboratory orbiter, 250 miles overhead, the four participated in important work by performing more than two dozen science experiments, biomedical research, and technology demonstrations. The incident-free mission will help NASA stay on track to reach its goal of increasing commercial investment in space and, and, and to encourage private industry to develop crewed vehicles to provide transport of personnel and equipment to the ISS during its final years and to help build a new space station that'll replace it. This is George for Wake Science. On behalf of the entire SpaceX team, welcome back to planet Earth, and thanks for choosing to fly with SpaceX. Good morning, listeners. This is Tim English with Sound the Likes. Today we look at the similarities between Robin Thicke's 2013 mega-hit Board Lines and Marvin Gaye's hit from 1977, Got to Give It Up. In March of 2015, a Los Angeles story found that Robin Thicke and his co-writer Pharrell Williams had infringed the copyright of Got to Give It Up with Board Lines. They were ordered to pay $7.3 million in royalties and damages, Ouch. an award later reduced to $5.3 million. Like John Lennon had done many years earlier when he cited Chuck Berry's You Can't Catch Me as the inspiration for the Beatles song Come Together. Yeah, come on, flat top. He was moving up with me. Thicke had got himself into trouble and opened himself up to charges of plagiarism How? when he told GQ magazine that Board Lines was written after he suggested to Pharrell that they do a song in the same style as Got to Give It Up. A song which he also described as his favorite song ever. 
strangely thick and Pharrell were the first ones to bring action in this case, uh. suing the gay family and seeking to claim what? that word lines had not infringed the copyright of Got to Give It Up. Suing the gay family. This rather dubious tactic did not work and the case that brought by the gay family went to trial anyway. In a court finding, Gay's family noted that Thick seemed to have a, quote, Marvin Gaye obsession, unquote. They claimed that Thick had regularly borrowed from Marvin Gaye's compositions for his own in the recent past. These included Thick's song, Make You Love Me, which uses both the words and music from Gay's hit, I Want You, for its middle eight. Also, the title track from Thick's 2011 album, Love After War, which is a rewrite of Gay's Quiet Storm slow jam, After the Dance. Absolutely. Perhaps most blatantly, Thick copied Gay's 1970s two-song Trouble Man wholesale for his 2009 track, Million Dollar Baby. Possibly under threat of legal action, Gay is now credited as the sole writer of Million Dollar Baby. It appeared to many that the defendants were being penalized for merely copying the feel of the gay song, and many songwriters were alarmed of the potential chilling effect the decision could have on creativity. Many of these people joined in a friend of the court brief in support of the appeal, but the verdict was upheld in 2019. Until the next time, this is Tim English with Soundalikes. Bake. Hello, listeners. Mr. Let's Paint here once again, and we got some lovely stuff coming for you here today. We're gonna make some crepe Suzettes. Alouette. We're gonna make some crepe Suzettes. Alouette. Let's make some crepe Suzettes. We're gonna run on a treadmill uh, here, four miles an hour, and we're gonna do a little portrait of 
Crepe Suzette, the doll. That they, it's kind of like a Cabbage Patch doll. Uh, looks, looks sort of like that. I don't know if it's from the same company. Let's get some paint right on the canvas here. Oil paint here and kind of work that uh, thing going on there. A little, uh, get, get a little beret and a little apron on there because uh, she's making she's making Crepe Suzettes. She's making Crepe Suzettes because she is a Crepe Suzette. She is, she is... Her son, she's like, she is what she is. She is what she eats. Absolutely. If, if you know what I mean. Uh, carpet. Carpet. Carp, Carpathia. Carpadium. Carpadium. Per diem. Damn it, I don't have to listen to this. All right, let's let's get over here. For four miles, five miles, I just felt like saying that. Now, let's work on our crepe Suzettes here. Okay. I'm just going to use some store-bought crepes. Because uh, time is of the essence here. We're wasting too much time. We're wasting too much time. Yeah, yeah. Now, I got my pan here, and we're going to uh, heat up and uh, fry up. Basically, uh, turn it up really high here. We're going to put some... some what? Uh, <laughs> squeeze some, some uh, lemon juice and a bunch of orange juice. A lot of orange juice, okay? And then uh, I got some of this brandy. We'll put that in there. That's, that's going to be good, yeah. Heat that up. Throw some sugar in there, too. Get some sugar in there. There you go. All right, get that going on there. All right. Now, let's light this up here. Okay. Uh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay, let's go back to our painting here. Let's get some horizontal greens on the on the shirt here. Okay. And then let's work on the Claire dog. It's a little dog. It's, it's a little it's like a, 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 like a chocolate eclair poodle, but it's blue for some reason. All right. All right, let's put the little beret on the top. All right, there's our... Okay, so let's go back to our... our, uh, our uh, let's get... Uh, I know what we got to do. What? Take the... the uh, Come on! What, what do we got to do? All right, let's go. Let's, let's plate it, baby. Let's plate it, okay? Let's put the crepes in there, okay? In the sauce. Sauce is already here. And now let's light it. Let's light this up here, baby. That's the part. Whoa! Do it all, you can do it all. Yes, you can. Get the fire extinguisher. Okay. Hey, it's Natty now, and today I got this book called Listified. There's a bunch of lists inside, and you should really get it. You can get it at your library or buy it at your local stores. Okay. So we're going to start with, what are the chances the out of 15 probable things ever happening to you? Uno. One, winning the lottery. Around one, 300 million, which is funny because the odds of getting a winning ticket for the lottery are lower than being killed on the way to get, get a ticket. <laughs> Speaking of killing, the odds of being killed by a falling coconut are one in 50 million. That's just crazy. Uh. Three, being made a saint. One in 20 million. Well, that's, what even is a saint? Whatever. Four! Four, being coming a parent to identical quadruplets, which is one in 15 million. Five, becoming a billionaire. One in 2.6 million. So the odds of becoming a billionaire are higher than being killed by falling token. It's reassuring. It's very reassuring. Six. Okay, six. Winning a gold medal at the Olympics, which is... One in six hundred sixty-two hundred thousand? 
that's good because at least you can get a gold medal and not being a billionaire. That's better because it is better. You're more likely to win, win a gold medal than being killed by falling coconuts. Still, that's very good. Seven, go in a hospital with a pogo stick related injury. One in 115,000. Eight, finding a pearl and an oyster. One in 12,000. Number nine. Nine, being injured by a toilet. One in 10,000. So the chances are higher to be injured by a toilet than being killed by a falling coconut. That's amazing. I wonder what happens. Does the toilet fall on your head or something? Or does the dookie attack you? I don't know. Ten, finding a lucky four-leaf clover, which I actually did once. Cool. One in 5,772. Eleven, tossing a coin ten times in a row and it landing head side up every time. One in 1,024. My friend did that. Twelve, being born with eleven fingers or toes. Oh my god. One in one thousand. I'm pretty sure someone listening to WFME, at least someone, has eleven fingers or toes. Me. Which is cool. Thirteen. Thirteen, cracking open an egg and finding two yolks inside. One in a thousand. And I actually saw that, and but there were three yolks inside. Three! It looks like I have some chances and some odds of doing, having some fun with pogo sticks, um, becoming a billionaire, winning a gold medal at the Olympics. Congrats. Thanks. Maybe I should stay away from my toilet because the water might attack me. All right, well, bye. What's your first name? Claire. Claire, how long have you had this bike? About 12 years. Looks like a good one. Yeah, somebody else had it 30 years before I had it 12. And they gave it to you or you bought it? I bought it. From yeah. a friend of mine. What'd you pay? $125. Looks like a good one, though. It's a great one. It's Is it a Schwinn? Schwinn? And it's better than anybody else's new one, I'll tell you. I bet. I'd like to have it. Although it's a girl's bike, as we used to Well, I know, but this boy that used to work for me wanted one just like it, so I bought him a boy's, thinking he wanted a boy's. Why do we and want when, that bar when anyway? he got it, he said, well, damn, you, you got an old boy's bike. I don't want one. I wanted one just like yours. I said, well, you didn't make that clear. He said, why would I want that bar? It hurts. It does hurt. That's I what said, well, I I said, I don't know why they put it there. Why do we need that bar? I it only know. leads to pain. Yeah, for women and men. But anyway, somehow they decided that bar is important for men to have. We need that bar to yeah, separate bar. us from the female. I guess that's it. I'm not riding no uh, girl's bike. Yeah, that's right. Where are you from originally? Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. My brother lives there in Franklin. Oh, dear God. Yes, so does my little nephew. How long have you been in New York? 32 years. What made you come here? Well, I fell in love with this city. Somebody was kind enough to give me a ticket. My husband was a professor at Auburn University, and I was bored to crap there because I'd been there four years. We left New Orleans after he finished Tulane, and I love New Orleans. I was ready to make a change, and a wonderful friend came through town of his and said, Look, I'm a gallery dealer. I am bored. You look bored. But we have fun. Why don't you come to New York and go to school there and get out of this joint? And I said, Well, my husband might not like that. She said, Oh, he's going to love it because he's going to know that he can show his art in New York if you come and stay with me. So I did. He liked the idea. She was right. Well, she knew everything. I don't know what beats in the heart of artists. Do you ever regret the decision? That no. Dear God, if I was back there now, I would die.
this place is infectious. Now when I fly back in here, I kiss the ground the minute I get off the plane because I like the diversity. I love it. When you get around people from back home, does that accent come out more? They say it does, but I don't know. I heard a little of it in there. Well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes when you get emotional, it comes out. It was nice talking to you. What's your message of peace and love to our listeners today? Just try to pay attention and love people and forgive people. and But pay attention. you got to make some judgments sometimes to move on. So, from people, from places, from things. You can't take part in everything or everybody, but, you know, you can be fair and you can learn to forgive. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Clay Pigeon and participants in the new Wake and Bake reality. Congratulations on your big win last week in New Jersey. Scott Williams here with another installment of WFMU's Hit List. It's the segment that spotlights songs that have achieved hit status here at WFMU. And it ain't just me that's saying. Matter of fact, this week, it ain't me saying at all. I have no recollection of this song ever being a hit on these airwaves. Someone told me it was. I mean, come on, it's not like I'm always listening, right? Why? Fortunately, I have this on the authority of someone who is always listening, so it's with complete confidence that I tell you... What? ...that Duke Ellington's Blue Pepper, Far East of the Blues was once a monster hit here at WFMU. And, and really, it just sounds like WFMU, doesn't it? I agree, 100%. You'll hear it in a moment. Say, maybe you are one of those types who's always listening. Maybe you're sitting there listening week after week, aghast at all the bona fide WFMU monster hits that I'm fully ignorant of. Aghast. Tell me, baby. Email me and tell me, scott at wfmu.org. What song is it you remember hearing all the time? Like this one, by Duke Ellington and his orchestra, on WFMU's Hit List. I'm Scott Williams, and I'll see you on the radio this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Bye. I was looking at westernexterminator.com Why? and saw this article, 10 Interesting Facts About Flies That You Never Knew. So I'll read some of it and paraphrase some of it. Okay. Flies are fascinating. <laughs> they live on a liquid diet. Flies lack the mouth parts needed to chew. They have to drink their food. Gross. They do it by regurgitating digestive juices onto their food. Corrosive juices that liquefy. Then they use their proboscis to suck up their meal. 
flies taste with their feet. They have taste receptors on their lower legs and feet. And when they light on their food, be it a dachshund's pile or your ham sandwich, they'll walk on it first to taste it. Yum. Butterflies can do it too. Houseflies go like crazy,、Aww. and they don't care where. They digest quickly, and then it's just bowel movement after bowel. They do it every time they land, even on what they intend to eat. Disgusting. They spread disease. Flies come in contact with harmful bacteria, Salmonella, E. coli. They spread it around and contaminate things, our food and dishes. Flies can walk upside down. Their feet have two chubby foot pads called pulvilli, with tiny hairs that secrete a glue-like substance that allows them to grip even upside down. Flies can see behind themselves. They have compound eyes with almost 360-degree vision. Excellent. They can see in all directions and still keep a few eyes out for trouble. Houseflies only live about 30 days. But they lay 500 eggs in their lifetime, ensuring countless generations of future flies. Houseflies have quick reaction times. Missed. It's not easy to swat them, right? They're too fast for you. Houseflies can process 250 images per second. Humans only 60. Oh, but they're dirty. Houseflies lay their eggs in poop, animal carcasses, and rotting fruit. But they do it with love to provide their larvae or maggots with something to eat when they hatch. Male houseflies want dates. There's a specific region within the dorsofrontal zone of the male's eye called the love spot, used for detecting and chasing females. To stay locked onto potential mates during actual pursuit, flies take weight. Well, this is about as bare bones as it gets. Hi, Dicky. What do you mean, Dowdy? Night, Connie. <laughs> you look handsome, Dicky. You said something about bare bones, Redemaker.、Oh, I love that. Uniform. They've cut the budget again. <laughs> Thank you, Connie. The cut of it just makes you look so. Next thing you know, they'll the pull the plug. Who's pulling the plug? On the whole shebang. Then what would you do, Rademacher? They pulled the plug on my Aunt Lena. What did you mean, bare bones? Shut、Marty. up, Rademacher. Don't you care about? Of course. Cut his Aunt Lena. They pulled the plug、oh, right out of the wall. Of course I care. We got forty-five minutes. To do this whole thing, I mean, she hung on for a while, but no background music, no sound effects. Well, eventually she did. They say why? Pigeon did. Well, her eyes rolled back. Didn't manage his time. Says he doesn't have time for. Then she just kind of wheezed. Connie, it. please. Yeah, cut the Aunt Lena crap, Connie. Dick. <laughs> You've heard her now, darling. She cried. Both of you are just so intelligent, handsome. You're insensitive. I'm sensitive. I ain't sensitive. Real men are. I love jazz. Oh Jesus! Art. I don't get art. Oh Peter Max. You like Max? I'm no good at Thomas it. Thomas Kincaid, the painter of life. Aunt Lena was good at it. Here she goes. She cried. She kept a little pad with her. An art pad. We've got to generate 
content here. She had little colored pencils. How can we hope to do a segment? In 45 minutes, Rademacher. She drew a picture of Dick Sargent. I preferred your... You would, Rademacher. You would, too. If you could. You'd do all of the things... You always wanted to do. You'd find a way to... Make it come... True, to actualize... All the trees... That you've got... Get your ducks... In a row and... Then give it... A shot... You've got nothing... To lose... And the world... To gain... Montana... And Texas... Peru and... Spain... As you make love... To a strange... In the rear end of a train Then you cuddle And there's laughter And a happy ever after And a 97 millimeter menthol Cigarette that's just about as Perfect as a cigarette can get You each light one And smoke it And the talk is cheap and loose And the smoke curls up And rises to the roof of the caboose And this This is as good as life my friend does get making love in the caboose smoking menthol cigarettes stop running in the house yeah Rex it's annoying <sighs> what'd you say he's speeding he is speeding punch him cool your jets Rademacher oh. I thought she said no sound effects I lied You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.